Hey everybody, welcome to Workforce Gaming. I'm Brad, here with Doug. Hey. We both have wrapped up Resident Evil Village. No mm -hmm. 8, can't put the 8 in there. Um, <laughs> sure. So we just want to talk about it. I think we both kind of decided that this is much more interesting to talk about with spoilers and a lot of things that happen. Yeah. And I think doing just a general review, especially because of the way they showed this game off, where they really only did a really good job of only showing about the first two to three hours of this game. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I think getting into a review of it instantly delves too much into spoilers and so while we're thinking about it it just makes more sense just to we're just gonna do like a spoiler cast and just talk all about the game instead of doing our normal like hands-off mm -hmm. review so um just fair warning we're gonna walk through the whole game talk about everything that happens um as well as our thoughts on it so if you don't want spoilers you haven't played it yet go play it i think there's a lot of stuff that are very easy spoilers towards the end of this game um yeah. that could make a lot of things feel way different if you knew about them at the beginning so and we both really liked it it's probably an important thing to say go, yeah, go play both, that game go play yeah, this game <laughs> exactly and yeah so anyway to get into it without spoilers i just need to start with this because it's the first thing i noticed like yeah the headphone audio in this is Sick. insane it's like so good yeah yeah there were scenes in this where i felt more like involved in what was going on playing this with headphones than resident evil 7 in vr Sure, I can just see be, that. Yeah, just yeah. because the way the 3D audio works, the way that you kind of, kind of constantly have this, like, something behind you, something over there, what direction was that? And the 3D audio works so well that you really do get this sense, um, especially in the, the dollhouse part where there's just stuff everywhere and where yeah. is this thing and what's going on? It's so good. Yeah, I actually, it was funny because um, I wasn't quite sure if the 3D audio, like, how, how much... Um, how much it was impacting me necessarily because i didn't have that me like whoa this is amazing but i did i did realize like as i was playing i was like i need to put my headphones on to identify where enemies are because it, it's like is there a guy around me okay he's maybe mm -hmm. a little bit off to my left somewhere out there kind of thing yeah it was really cool like as i was like quick turning and that sort of thing it's like okay there's a guy there there's a guy there there's a guy there um but yeah i think they do a lot of cool stuff with the audio as well i think my my one of my favorite parts of the game is like the first time it gets spooky is um when uh so the game so when the game starts uh, you're the van you get you basically get kidnapped by Chris and then the van crashes and you're just yeah. out in the middle of the forest by yourself and you can hear like things running around like to the left and right of you and you turn your and you turn your flashlight and there's nothing there but it sounds really close to you um I really did like that 3d audio stuff like in those in those sections particularly I feel like they were like showing it off at some points <laughs> and yeah and that's what it felt like it was like okay here here's what we're doing here's how you need to do this and I think that it just it enhanced it so much yeah, yeah. um all right, so to actually get into the spoilers in the rest of this game, because we just had to get that out of the way, because it's just, it's too good. Um, <laughs> uh, so I really felt like by the end of this, that this game is every Resident Evil game that's ever been released yeah. rolled into one big package. And I think if you've played most of them, mm -hmm. um, especially even just, even if we just simplify it down to one through six, if you just played the mainline games, you can pick yeah. out where this part is heavily influenced by the original. This part... And frankly, most of the game is heavily influenced by four. This part, sure. okay. ooh, this feels like six, and I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> sure. There's a lot of sure. each one in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, the one thing I was a little bit worried about when I was, I, I, I agree with that. Like, I do like that it's very similar to RE4, but um, I really like that they fully embraced RE7 as well. It wasn't like a, oh, RE7 was a mistake. Let's ignore that stuff and let's do, like, let's just go back to the older stuff. Um, I really like that, like you said, it kind of brought in the whole history of Resident Evil. But it, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is this like the first direct sequel um, Resident Evil game storyline? Because I was surprised like how much like, oh, this is just straight up Resident Evil 7 2. Um, it very much plus is. Plus a bunch of cool Resident Evil stuff on top of it. <laughs> 
I mean, I'd have to go back and look specific, but I mean, sure. for the most part, yeah. I mean, most of them, you jump character perspectives in between, and I mean, obviously, you're always focused somewhere around Chris, Leon, Jill, all those other characters, but yeah, this one, I think, is the first one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not great at Resident Evil history, but um, I think this is the first one you play back-to-back main characters, so... Um, yeah that is kind of cool and again i think i think coming out of seven and how um just survival horror focus that was with the action mm-hmm. piece missing yeah it was really interesting to say okay we're gonna lean back into the action with this one and you do have the those those parts where the action's gone the whole dollhouse is just you have no <laughs> yeah. weapons sure there yeah, are yeah. no weapons yeah. like and you get that very baker house feel there but I think it, like you said, it's a good blend. It takes, mm-hmm. I think it takes enough from each game to kind of honor what that game tried to do yeah. and doesn't go like, a, oh, this is just a rehash of four. Oh, we're trying to do seven again. Or, yeah. ooh, we're really trying to get back to that classic, explore the thing. Everything had the perfect amount of time mm-hmm. set for what it was doing. Yeah, and I think, I think the thing that's kind of like interesting is like how they had set up, um, how they set the game up in like these sort of like five separate acts. Like they have the opening scene, which felt very Resident Evil 7. And then they have the Castle Lady D stuff, which felt like very Resident Evil 2. And then the, the you know, the, the house of, I forgot the guy's, the, the woman's name is. The, um, yep. Yeah, and then then they have like the fishmonger area and then they have the, uh, the, the factory area. And it felt like they were kind of exploring all those different facets of Resident Evil in those individual acts. So like mm-hmm. you get your flavor in just these three hours. You get your flavor here in just these three hours. These flavor in this three hours. This flavor in these three hours. <laughs> your, um, your hours added up to a lot more than I played this game. <laughs> <laughs> I got 10. I did 10, but I did a lot of sides. To, uh, yeah, I got you 10 say, hours. I'd say my first yeah. playthrough was, was six. And then I'm doing hardcore now, and I'm almost done. I think I'm at like four and a half, four. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Did you did yeah. you feel though because it kept pulling from a different stuff that didn't have as um, maybe unique is not the right word, but didn't have such a strong voice as I guess is like Resident Evil Seven. Like Resident Evil Seven to me, um, while it was like very solid one note, it's just a totally different note than any of the Resident Evil ones. And I, while I do like this one's kind of like a collection of cool Resident Evil stuff, I do feel that I kept thinking about rather Resident Evil games rather than thinking of it on its own merits. Does that make sense? I think so. Cause I have the, kind of have the same thing going back through it, um, playing through it the second time, knowing the structure, knowing how it works is it, it, it feels very segmented. Cause even when you go to the different parts, yeah. each one is keyed off and it's like, Oh, I got this key. I go to this part. I got this key. I go to that part. And I think that takes away from some of the, um, cohesiveness of it. Because yeah, everything's yeah. so segmented where it's like, okay, I did the castle. I can't go back to the castle. Yeah, yeah. I did the fish thing. I can't go back to the fish area. And yeah. everything's so segmented there that it does it does give it more of a, a just kind of a collection feel more so than a like cohesive thing. But again, I think that's yeah. that is something that happens in a lot of other ones, because even in seven it's very clear you had like house, boat, mine. Sure. And I, like I would say, house yeah, is yeah. really strong for the first 70 percent of that game and then you get to like the boat in my eye kind of like okay let's let's wrap this up here let's yeah yeah <laughs> that's fair but i think i think the tonal change is the thing i noticed more it's like because the to and the thing i think it's like it's kind of like a double-edged sword because one i think it kept the game very interesting throughout because i was like okay what's happening in this scene i have no idea like preconceived notions are out the window because i'm in a wholly new area 
Um, but I felt like the tone was weird. It kept like swapping other tones, but I think it was fun because it felt so chaotic mm-hmm. in tone <laughs> um, that like it kept me like so interested throughout. I think a lot of people are saying it's like, oh, the pacing in this game is really good. It's like, I don't know if the pacing's really good or just like these huge swings back and forth of what kind of game it was, um, which yeah. I really enjoyed. But I think I think it felt as a result didn't have such a strong, let's put our foot in the ground of like what RE7 did. Yep. I'm saying it's like, hey, this is our story. And this one, it's more like, this is this is Resident Evil, which is kind of cool, and I guess it's in its own way. It's definitely a different yeah. way to approach it, and I think, um, kind of having Ethan as that blank slate character coming into this—not blank slate—that's probably a yeah. little too rough. But <laughs> I love Ethan. Have, I freaking love he, Ethan. <laughs> did you love Ethan prior to playing this, though? Yes, I. You know, okay. it's actually really—it's funny, and I—the one thing I kept thinking about Ethan before I got because I didn't know you got to play as Chris later on. I thought that was really cool. The thing I liked about Ethan is that not even—it's—he's the only protagonist where I feel like he's not going to make it out alive. Um, True. Like if you play like Resident Evil Two or literally any other Resident Evil, they're like commando-y kind of guys, not commando, but they're all very competent <laughs> folks. Yeah. Like, or you, on you their way feel... to being a very competent folk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like even not so competent RE2 Leon is like still like, he's, he's like got body armor and stuff like that. Yeah. But like in RE8 and RE7, like I don't quite believe Ethan's ever going to make it out alive. And like when a villain and he set... didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, exactly. It's a great twist. Um, but I just felt like when, um, when a villain said like, Ethan, I didn't expect you to make it this far. It's like, I also believed Ethan wouldn't make it this far because <laughs> he gets the shit kicked out of. And then, and then it's like all the other Resident Evil characters, like that's why Ethan is such a good horror game protagonist because he isn't super competent. He's not, it's like kind of like the Silent Hill sort of character. He's just a normal yeah. guy. Well, not anymore. Uh, but, yeah. Not anymore <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's why I liked him so much. He's just a normal ass dude. I, I, and, I, and I can see that. And again, I think that's where shifting tones work so much. I think if you put like, yeah, you, you obviously play as Chris. I think you put Chris in that castle and Chris is like, I've done this before. Fuck. Exactly. This. Here's my assault rifle. I'm just going to start gunning everything down and hopefully we'll find a way out. Whereas yeah, yeah, Ethan's yeah. much more like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what to do. Like there's vampire ladies and I got to shoot windows. This is, oh, shoot windows. Okay. Why are you sticking like giant hooks in my hands? Whereas... <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was just fun seeing him get the the kid the crap kicked out. like i had such a big smile on my face anytime a cutscene would start because it's like he's just about to get the shit kicked out of him and it's such a fun every time i, I my i think my one of my favorite scenes in the game is the introduction of lady d when you pull the lever and his hand oh, yeah, gets and she cut just off up and, just <laughs> <laughs> and it just yeah. and it slides so nicely just like it, it doesn't lose the grip on the lever <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i think you have to like grab his yeah yes exactly you have to go I'm back and like, get the hand reattach yeah I and think this, that would never happen with another Resident Evil character. Well, and, and again, I think that's the, 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 the things they went through to change up Ethan, I think yeah. make some fun moments. Cause that, the first time I think I, I think I even texted you cause I played this before Doug got a chance yeah. to, I think I texted you and I was like, I need to know something about who <laughs> Ethan is. Cause yeah. it's the scene where his hand's sitting there and he just dumps the medicine on it and just like click. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait <laughs> a minute. Right back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something like, I know he had some stuff going on after the end of seven, but, uh, yeah. This is a bit much. And it's just one of those things where just like my, I just laughed. And it was like, okay, this is what we're going for. Like, we're just going to have some fun. Yeah, and Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I almost think, so I played through originally on normal, and then I'm trying to go through hardcore now. Yeah. I actually much prefer it on normal because it does mm-hmm. have kind of this that dumb action movie goofy feel sure. sometimes. Yeah. That like, you do this big stressful encounter in, on hardcore, and then that scene happens, you're like, 
I don't joke around about this shit. I just took 45 oh, minutes to funny. do that thing. Whereas that is just like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That lady cut my hand off and then I ran away. <laughs> it's funny. I, it's funny because I, I, I did play through on hardcore. And the way I thought about it is that those scenes, those cutscenes and stuff were like a sense of levity. Because like, because I, I actually, I, I disagree with your point for the same, for like this, the same point. Because I was saying like, I liked this very intense sort of like, encounters which when i was playing on a hardcore it's like oh boy i need a time to rest and like have like kind of like a silly cut scene there's like a sort of silliness to it that i really mm-hmm. liked it, it actually you know what it kind of reminded me of is the way people describe like going through haunted houses like i hate haunted houses i think they Same. suck but yep. but people seem to find them fun because there's like they they see the humor in like the scares and i just yep. never did i just get scared but in this one i felt that sort of like humorous aspect it's kind of like these moments of levity it's like we're just gonna go so crazy and all that sort of thing it actually reminds me of like evil within but did it much better where it, yeah it's like it's it's much more aware of how silly it can be um mm-hmm. and i think probably more aware than other resident evil games like in this one i think i think resident evil 4 it's pretty silly but i would say not always intentionally and this like one Met- i felt like resident evil resident evil 4 is metal gear solid silly where it's sure. like just yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> fun <laughs> okay i see what you did there okay moving on whereas this yeah. is like <laughs> he poured medicine and stuck his hand back on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it, and it, it, sell- it felt like way more intentional of like yes, the silliness it- and, the, and the points of levity and the grossness and, and that kind of thing um more so than any other ones so I guess to kind of keep going here, uh, looking at the setting, I think before we get into all this, the story stuff, the setting I think yeah. was really billed as like this return to Resident Evil stuff with the castle yeah. really feeling like the Spencer Mansion, the village really feeling like four. I have to say, like after the first like hour, I was just kind of like, okay, this is fine. I was not overly impressed with really? the setting. Yeah, I think. Oh, that's interesting. I, I think it was. I think part of it was just the like jumping around. I feel like I never really got to make that village like home. You know what I mean? Sure. We're like, because it was constantly just like, okay, run to this corner, open that gate, run to this corner, open that gate, run to this corner, open that gate. Oh, yeah, stop in these couple houses on the way. I just, yeah, I think I was, and I just replayed through four like a month ago just to kind of like mm-hmm. for fun. Um, but I think playing through four, I feel like had much more of that cohesive feeling to it, whereas always the village. Yeah. And even when you get to the castle in four, like, it still kind of connects back to the village where this, it felt all so separate that I feel like you never really got to explore that setting, especially for something that really was billing itself on the setting. Yeah. I, I feel, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Be, at, I, th- I think I felt very cohesive until I'd say the third level till the fishmonger stuff, because I felt like the late, like the castle I felt was really integrated into the village, like well, and the story was integrated really well. That's true. Yeah. Of like Lady D, like, kidnapping women from the actually all if you look at the concept are all of the all of the creatures and like the dungeon are women because they're failed mm-hmm. daughters sort of thing yep and it was like there's that nice direct connection and then i like that the the next section the house of whatever while it wasn't connected to the village they made sure to tell you it's like oh she's a recluse so it makes sense that she's not really connected to the village but then when you get to like the factory and the sort yep. of fishmongery areas it feels like you didn't really have that connection to the village it, it kind of felt like different games like tonally and, and that sort of thing so I, I felt like that first half was like really strong and like making you feel for this village. Um, it feels like it kind of feels like maybe there's some stuff left in development because it's really weird. You have a cutscene with like ten different human characters and then you kill them all off and they're never seen again. And well, and like no other humans after that point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I think I think if you go back to our demo impressions, like that was one of the things that I think we were both kind of excited about. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. you're gonna be in this village. You're gonna see these people. 
like we're really building this hard on like the village aspect of this yeah and after that initial half first half hour 45 minutes there are no people like you're just in yeah. an empty deserted village and the most you got are like notes left behind from everybody else which is fine but again i think i think both of us were kind of excited for this like this is going to be like a cool exploring this village meeting the people mm. in this village like seeing what's going on seeing how all of this stuff is coming about to these people because i feel like that first yeah. demo or second demo technically really lend itself to those ideas of like what's going on i'm going to get it from the people not just from notes yeah, and I, and I felt like because some of the sub bosses, like the um, uh, I don't know what you call them, like they're super werewolves. I guess the best way to describe yeah, with them. Yeah, big hammers and axes and stuff. No, no, uh, no, no. The the ones that are on all fours. Oh yeah, the big yeah, like just the giant wolf. <laughs> the giant wolf, yeah, the giant wolf ones. I think they're insinuating that those are some of those people you met at the beginning. But if they had integrated that like a little bit better, of like you knew these people, and then like oh my god, now I have to kill them in their boss form. Bloodborne did that kind of actually, where like you met char- <laughs> where you met characters. This is so much Bloodborne stuff. I'm not getting into it. There's a ton of Bloodborne stuff, <laughs> but in Bloodborne, you would meet a character and then later fight them as a boss once they've turned. And it's like oh, it's mm-hmm. a, it's kind of a big moment. And here it felt like. Like, I think that was the intention, but it's just kind of missing. But this game already had a ton of characters anyway. Like, with those, you know, the four main generals, then Miranda, and then the three daughters, and that sort of thing. And I felt like, okay, let's just kind of cut that out. It was weird kind of going back to the village, and like you said, you didn't really have that connection with it. um, Because it just felt like a gameplay space at some point. Like, it was neat opening gates and doors and and that kind of thing. But yeah, I agree, it didn't really have that. Because there's no... You never felt the village getting better. <laughs> like I thought, like oh, I'm protecting the village, or it doesn't feel like it's getting worse. It just always kind of feels like there's just more monsters there, so it doesn't really. It's, I think, it, yeah, because I think you're right. It just it feels very much like a, oh yeah, come back in a minute, get that next key. Come back yeah. in a minute, get that next key, and you never get the the warm welcoming feeling. You never see, and I, I think your point of the never gets better, it never gets worse it starts out as like as bad as it can be everybody's dead sure and it's just like well i'm just walking through here to get from point a to point b and everybody's dead so there's not really much development or anything happening here it's just Mm -hmm. space (laughs) yeah and that's like some of the tension of like we have to blow up the village at the end it's like yeah that makes sense yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. there anyway i've been there i looked in all those houses (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's nobody here it's an empty village full of monsters like yeah okay of course blow it up it's not and that I and I feel like they could kind of insinuate like this is a big thing that they're doing and it's just like yeah, yeah all right whatever I did like that you didn't you didn't like the castle though like you didn't feel, you didn't like that setting sort of because I love the castle I thought the castle was just drop dead gorgeous all the time the, loved I, every, I mean every, that's yeah that's the thing is that like it is it is fantastic and it looks yeah. amazing um, but again I don't think I don't think I ever had like that connection with the Baker House where I felt like I was kind of constantly sprawling through sure. different things it was just like. This is the roof of the castle. This is the main hall of the castle. You know what I mean? Whereas like the Baker house, it's like it feels lived in. It felt like everywhere you were going, there was different things happening. There was different, um, not necessarily environments, but you could definitely tell like we were trying to do something different with this area where it was just, no, it's a big empty castle. The one, the one big lady and her three daughters live there and that's it. Also, there's a creepy dungeon. Yeah, and it's weird because the, the the stuff definitely says that it's lived in. Like, there's people like working in the kitchens and that kind of thing too. Yeah. Like, if you read the documents, like it's a it's a castle that's been running for a long mm-hmm. time, but you never really got that sense of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It just felt like an abandoned castle when it was supposed to not be an abandoned castle. I don't know, um, but yeah, yeah. 
Um, moving on to a couple other things, you kind of mentioned some of the optional bosses too. Yeah. They just kind of pop up like out of nowhere. Like you just stumble (laughs) into them. And sometimes like the best part is, is there was one, it was when I was going to the stronghold and you take a right or a left path. And I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure which way to go. So I went left and I went in there. I was like, this thing's hard as hell. And then I finally, like, it took me like a try or two and I finally kill the stupid thing and I go. I get like the treasure that's there. And I'm like, oh, oh, that wasn't where I was supposed to go. This was just an optional area that I just literally yeah. like wasted all of my ammo on this weird optional part. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know I, I love that. I know exactly what you're talking about because I think it's like the how the cannibal house or something like that. Yeah. Um, because it the thing is like um, and I this this not not just I think that's probably the biggest optional area, but all the treasure chests as well that they show yep. have similar similarly sized maybe a little bit smaller optional areas as well. And it was cool, um, kind of coming upon them. I feel like that's the only one I came upon. I feel like the mm-hmm. other ones like I'm trying to get this treasure chest and maybe there's a boss there sort of thing. Um, but yep. it is funny when you're um especially on hardcore some like the the giant wolf bosses are like they're just you don't you you need to go in prepared and like one of those yep. guys just shows up you're like well i'm fucked okay i'm just gonna run away <laughs> maybe i'll come back in the future <laughs> i don't know i guess that's your part of the village now yeah i'll leave you to it you have that angel yeah. statue that can be yours it's okay buddy yeah and, but it was funny though, because like there's there's definitely points where I was like, okay, I am going to prepare for this fight now. I'm going to prepare for this optional boss. But boy, it does fe- you feel it like when you're just sucking down ammo after ammo. I did feel like the game might be balanced around how much ammo you have left because a lot of boss battles ended just as I was almost out of ammo, <laughs> and I was like, this this seems suspicious. Like every I, time on my last on my last first aid kit, and all of a sudden my magnum bullet suddenly felt like it was like a cannon going off, sort of thing. <laughs> But, it, but it, I felt the tension. I, I enjoyed the tension of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I did like that. I did like that option. I was surprised how much optional stuff there was. I like cleaning up the village when I was going through. It's like, oh, there's a lot of unique areas and unique things and unique puzzles. There's puzzles in there that showed me a mechanic. I wasn't. Can you know you can set people on fire? Nope. Yeah, it's a major. Me- yeah, you can. I didn't know that. And then it became a major <laughs> mechanic of this one puzzle. I was like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't explore too much, but I do. I did do a little bit more than I feel like I typically would. I'm more of a, like, yeah. let's just get the story going. Because they put them on the map, too. Like, that sure. that made my that made my day when that map was like, here's some treasure stuff. And I went, okay, I can actually get some of these. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was cool. And it, it felt like it, it was, like, just the right amount where it's like, I think I can get these. I think I can get all of these. In hardcore, mm-hmm. I just needed to. I was like, I need to get my guns upgraded. Like, I'm, I'm dying all the time. Like, I need to do it. That's why I like yeah. playing on hardcore, because I felt like I needed to actually do that. Like, I felt like I needed to make sure I got the health upgrades. I needed to make sure I got the getting run fast. I needed to make sure to do this. Um, so that's why I was like playing on hardcore, because I felt like I needed to use these mechanics more than they were optional sort of thing. Um, run and gun. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why plenty you want to do that. Plenty of ammo, no stress. Let's just yeah. go have some fun. That's fun. Um, the Duke. Yeah. To, before we get into like the major, like let's go bit, uh, bit by bit through this. Sure. The Duke. He is so weird. Like I love yeah. the way that he's completely integrated into the story without really having any stake in it. Yeah, he felt I was. Um, I, I don't remember Resident Evil 4, so I haven't played that in a long time. But I remember the merchant was this very, was like, he had no impact on the story whatsoever at all. None. Like, he was just like somebody None. there kind of thing. 
Um, I I like the Duke's dialogue here. I I think the I really like the Duke's dialogue, and I remember the one moment where I was like, oh, this Duke is like, this is there's something very off about it. And I was um was it's really it's near the end of the game, and the Duke is the one who actually saves you from getting mm-hmm. your heart ripped out by Miranda. And um, there's a conversation that you have between you and the Duke, and it was like literally one of my favorite parts of the game. And they acknowledge that it's weird that the Duke can like just show up in places. Um, And he like, he asked the Duke, he's like, who are you? Like, what are you? And the Duke goes, I don't even know. Or something like that. He gives (laughs) gives an answer of like, he doesn't even know what his powers are or that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Because, you know, the RE4 merchant is just like, it's, he's not mysterious. He's just a moving store. That's all. That's all he was. He was just a moving store. And this one, it's like. No, there's actually he has some sort of place in this universe, um, and I really, I really did like that. And his dialogue was like super cool all the time. It was very, he seemed like your friend. It wasn't super condescending, but it's just a condescending enough. <laughs> I did like it. It was that it weird balance of are you helping me or are you just like yeah. here to like go? <laughs> like you said before, Ethan then will make it out like oh, because I think he even yeah. says that a couple times. Like oh, I see you made it this far, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. And he kind of contributes to that, like, I'm just here to help you because you ain't doing it on your own. Yeah. Did you notice that? Did you notice that after every boss, he's holding something from that boss? I did so, not. So if you beat, um, I guess the easiest one, just the, 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 I think if you, the ones I definitely remember is after you beat the house with the dolls, the next time you meet him, he's actually holding one of the dolls and like playing with it. And then <laughs> after you beat the fishmonger, he has the jar of like whatever the, they have a name for it. The fungus the thing. parasite thing, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he's holding it, like, looking at it. He's like, ah, oh, fine specimen sort of thing. So I'm not sure if he's, like, looting the houses once you kill these people. Um, but I just, <laughs> I like that. I like the little, like, kind of things they do with the Duke. Did you, I liked them. I liked them a lot. Do you like them, or? Yeah. No, I, and I think that's why playing Resident Evil 4, and again, so much of this being compared to that, going like, oh, they're doing the merchant again from Resident Evil 4. Sure. And I hadn't played Resident Evil 4 since whenever it came back out, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. And I went in going like, oh yeah, everybody's talking about how like the Duke's like this merchant. And then I went back and I was like, oh yeah, he's just kind of like has a couple cool lines and is just a cool character model. Yeah. I are, are we really that excited we're doing this again? And then you get <laughs> sure. to the, and yeah. then you get to the Duke and you're like, okay, I think this was the intention for what people that those kind of nostalgia goggles of like you're like, oh man, yeah. like I remember this being really cool. And it's like this the Duke is what I remember the merchant being. Where like every yes, time you got yeah, to him, yeah. he had some like cool line to say to you. He had something going on, and it just it fits so perfectly. And every time you go there, you're like, okay, like, what's he gonna say? What's gonna happen? What's because he kind of even points you in directions. And I think that's a cool way to kind of have yes. that merchant play into this. Where it's like, okay, this weird character I don't understand is also kind of leading me through this. Is this good mm-hmm. or bad? What intention does he have? And I think that kind of mysterious nature of him when everybody else is so clearly very evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Play, oh, sure. plays really point. well. Yeah. I, and I was, I was like, I was, it's, it's interesting because other characters don't mention the Duke and I, I'm, I'm hope they play more with the Duke in the future. Like I really, I hope they bring that character back, um, in interesting ways. Um, yeah. Like how they maybe integrate him a little bit further. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. I, I did you, I love you like the, um, how, speaking of the Duke, I really like the, uh, the treasure stuff. I love the treasure stuff. Like that felt so good all the time. Like just getting treasures and selling stuff. Did you, did you ever, did you end up getting on your second playthrough to do the combinations of things and like collecting? Yeah, I did. I didn't I... realize. Yeah. I didn't realize that was an option the first time through. Cause I literally was like, I mean, yeah, I could use more guns. Sell, 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 yeah. sell, 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 sell. Okay. Done. Oh, okay. Sure. I tabbed over that. I don't even know if I tabbed over that page in the inventory. My first playthrough. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's all in the bag somewhere. Don't worry about it. 
either you either give me that or you give me money that's whatever you know what i mean it's either way i'm getting to the duke and i'm getting that much money and that's all that's happening with it oh okay sure because i the thing i i i really enjoyed it i found it like really memorable because um maybe at least on hardcore because those those all that stuff like that mattered so much like i really needed the extra firepower all the time so like when i just like cash in on just like some combined thing that i've been waiting like three hours to combine and like getting finally sell to the Duke and like, boom, power, power, power. I just, I really, really love that mechanic of, of buying and selling stuff and, and that kind of thing. And I think that's one of the things where, because I did new game plus for hardcore, it's like, nah, I'm good. Sure. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I'm just going to blow through these first like two or three hours until I get to the further stuff. But Fair. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a little bit about parts of this, but I guess to kind yeah. of really dig into story stuff and plot heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, this, like you mentioned, very, very clearly a sequel to Resident Evil 7. There's, this yeah. is Resident Evil 7 Part 2. There's no other way to describe this. This is not... It feels very weird that you would play this as a standalone experience. Yeah. Yeah, they, they die. Like yeah. They jump they jump into it pretty good. And I I did watch because I was like, okay, you know, I played Resident Evil 7 a month or two ago. But what are the, like, what are the important things you want me to know? So I played yeah. that little quick prologue video at the end that's literally just like two minutes of Ethan like, oh, yeah, I was in Louisiana. There are some crazy people. Here's my oh. wife. Now we're in Eastern Europe. All right, let's go. Oh, is that it? I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it because I just played Resident Evil Seven like fairly it's, recently. It's so I didn't really... legitimately like a minute long of like the most basic information you can come up with <laughs> about Resident Evil Seven. Like bad house, yeah. bad family, creepy mold, weird wife girlfriend thing at the time. Yeah, Not yeah. quite sure. And that That's was literally fine. like the entire thing. So, um. I do like how this ended up ultimately tying into Resident Evil, other Resident Evils. You've got obviously mm-hmm. Chris um as kind of the bad guy that yeah, weird kind of that they pretend he is they pretend he is um but he does treat ethan like shit which is always fine <laughs> <laughs> um i that is one of the things we're playing through the second time that first opening scene where he comes in and just shoots me as so many times is like just shut up and stay here ethan <laughs> and you're like i you know what's going on you know that like I'm, you know, there's something weird with me. You know that, like, you're stealing my daughter. We're not going to take the two minutes you could to, like, real quick go, hey, here's what's up. Yeah. The, 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 a character mentions that to Chris, like, really, really farther on. I think I, it's, it's, like, the first time Ethan dies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, like, one of his compatriots, is like, you should have told Ethan the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, actually, I feel like Resident Evil 8 wouldn't happen if Chris explained what happened. <laughs> like, if, if Chris <laughs> and explains and, what's going on. <laughs> and that's the thing. is like that opening scene, like, and, yep, here's the deal. Creepy, like, lady gonna take your daughter, thinks it's her daughter, gonna try and reincarnate her daughter. Wanna help? Wanna sit on the bench? Yeah. Don't care. Gonna go get him. Let me know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. It is funny, and then like you meet Chris later on too, and he's like, "You're out of your element, Ethan. Like you don't know what you're talking about." It's like could have explained yep. it there as well. God, there's there's plenty of times there's, where you could have explained. This. I I ran into you like three times before you give me the big ass tank, and I'm like, "Go get him." <laughs> that was so funny and ridiculous. Yeah, no, I I, um, I did. I liked I like their interactions a lot though. <laughs> so like dumb dumb lore thing that I really like is there's yeah. one note in this that towards the end basically explains how seven and eight are really like super connected to everything else in the yeah. Resident Evil universe through this one like four page note where it's like because you kind of play through seven and you're like okay this outside of the weird umbrella logo and Chris showing up at the end like this could have been yeah. anything 
Sure. There's 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 a couple references to Raccoon City in notes, and there's a couple references to Umbrella here and there, but like for the most part, this could have been anything. And then this note's like, oh yeah, no. Like, uh, yeah. Spencer, he him and Randall were friends. She showed him the mold. And then she was like, yeah. Hey, look at this cool design that's on all these walls. It looks like an umbrella. And he's like, Cool, I started a company named Umbrella. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, I is a little yeah i'm i'm happy you're happy i just i'm not steeped in resident evil lore like at all i've realized i've played a lot of resident evil but i was like bsaa i know that's important but i don't remember <laughs> why. why are they good guys <laughs> are they bad guys they seem bad now but were they good guys what does that have to do yeah. with stars there's too many no, acronyms yeah, yeah there's a lot of acronyms flying around near the end yeah no that, i mean it was it was cool i did like that i did like that that sort of like this is the original sort of bio weapon center yeah. kind of thing uh, that, that was that was really cool um and i did like the reveal of that big oh the the one thing i was surprised was um like kind of talking about more because i'm more attuned to the resident evil 7 stuff it's like they mentioned the baker stuff like a lot and i was yeah. just like i well, the first time they said baker i was like oh we're we're talking about this we're st- this is a big thing this is still like a, a a moment that was important and like the evelyn stuff is like oh actually this is incredibly cre- incredibly important to mm-hmm. the stuff with eve um i we didn't talk about this. Separating the baby was real strange, right? Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I still don't quite exactly what the deal with Rose was. Like, it's. Did they... I feel like it, she's she's really powerful, so we can pull her apart, but she's still together. But like, then she's together at the end, and like that one of those last scenes. I, I think I had the first time where I like the first where you go talk to the Duke. He's like, "Did you look at the jar?" And it just I says, could not believe Head. that shit. And I think I just went, wait a minute. So my daughter's dead. I can go home now, right? And it's like, no, don't worry. There's four other ones that have the other parts. And we'll just like. <laughs> yeah, pop her back together. And then it didn't make sense that she was separated at all. It's like, I, for a game that's like pretty silly, like throwing baby butchering in is like just casually is like, whoa. It was just... I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and. And again, to your point, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I was expecting some big payoff of like, oh, like, yeah. I don't even know. I'm not like some crazy horror game writer, but like, oh, we have all these things and this, we had to do this to reincarnate her daughter. And like, you had to have the part. And it's just like, nah, we just did it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. She just, we just, like, it happened. Yeah. And she, then they reformed her back into normal Rose. And I was like, okay. All right. It was just, it was very weird. But I just thought like the whole, the whole, the whole thing that basically the whole thing, like Resident Evil 8 was like. Ethan's trying to get his daughter back and it's like <laughs> it's just like yeah we cut up his daughter and then like separated like four different areas like that's it was so fucked up <laughs> to like when I saw that I was like this seems like very totally like crazy but I guess that's it's I at the very least the funny excuse to have to have four levels <laughs> it, is, um, it is one of the funnier like yeah. go get the things to make the thing that I think I've ever seen because it's just like yeah. what really like I gotta get the arm yeah. I'm getting now. Like, okay. Yeah. Weird. I, I, I guess I have a quick question from like from Resident Evil lore standpoint. The BSAA, they were the guys fighting Umbrella, right? Like Chris used to work for them, correct? They're, I believe so. Yes. So, I'm, yeah. I'm not great at Resident Evil oh, lore, okay, okay. but yes, I believe so. <laughs> okay. It was weird. I get, that the bio anti bio weapons are using bio weapons at the end. That was like the big. That I, I do know that was like the big reveal. I'm really good at like one through three. Lord, sure. and then <laughs> okay, like fair. four, five, and six are just like this big mess, and I don't know where Revelations fits in there. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. okay, I yeah. once you get past the basics, I'm gone. I couldn't tell you how this all connects back to Africa and Resident Evil Five and yeah, what I all that other stuff. But anyway, 
because <laughs> I mean, to me I, I i didn't like because i liked how much of a sequel it was to re7 i didn't like that it felt that when they brought in all that like here's the connectedness the other stuff i felt like they were kind of like closing the book on mia ethan and rose kind of i understand we'll talk about it in a second <laughs> but like i did i i kind of liked ethan as a character i kind of liked mia being around i didn't and i didn't like that it's like okay now it's back to the bsaa stuff and i was like okay i sure but I, I i don't know i didn't find that as interesting I, I didn't like that it was going back to like okay we're going back to the resident evil stuff it's like oh, okay sure but i kind of like this stuff to be honest <laughs> it it definitely feels like almost tossed in at the end because i think yeah. i think the chris stuff is justified with the ending of seven but sure. i do think once yeah, you start yeah, throwing fair. bsaa stuff back in there i think a lot of that almost comes from the like ooh, people have now played two and three mm-hmm we can toss some more of this in here and we're going to remake four and Ooh, we yeah, can, yeah. Uh, we can start throwing this stuff in here. So I think, I think a lot of it comes from that success. And I'd be curious to know if like two and three had flopped on the remake, they if they would, they have tried to like wiggle all that in at the end. Cause I mean, like there is legitimately like just a, the BSA here. Also, they're using bioweapons. You're like, yeah, Oh I, man, <sighs> here's this, here's the sequel. But then the post credit teases 20 years in the future. So like, can we just jump to the post-game stuff now? I feel like we're talking about enough stuff. That's I fine. hate the post-credits thing. I hate the post-credits thing. I think it's very... Well, I, why? Because because you spend the previous 20 minutes up to that trying to go like, oh yeah, like BSA is coming, like Chris is now like in charge, yeah. we got all this figured out, we got all this stuff. 20 years later, so like, are these things still an issue in 20 years? Like, yeah. it's one of those time jumps where like, at first it didn't hit me, I was like, oh cool, like... Oh yeah, we're going like back to Ethan's grave, and then like it's like, oh no, this is Rose. You're like, but wait, like, if she's like 20, yeah, that means that this the next Resident Evil will be set in 2040 ish. Sure, which puts like anyone other than Rose as like 60 plus. So you're I... gonna have like Leon and his walker chasing down like who knows what. Like but, it's but, just yeah. I'm totally okay no. with that, though. Like, I'm okay to abandon those characters, but I don't have as much connection to them. <laughs> but I guess my thought was, if you're going to abandon those characters, give them more of a send-off. You know what I mean? Like, if we're just going to sure. pump Resident Evil to be now saying. Resident Evil is futuristic, and it's like, oh, well, the last we really saw those characters was six. And then we saw yeah. Chris being kind of an asshole. I, and I, now we're just 20 years in the future. And again, Resident Evil is so weird with timeline stuff. That I'm sure you'll see yeah. 150,000 things in between all this stuff. Yeah. But it just very much felt like you're like, okay, we're going to push all this down the road. And it's one of those things where at the same time, it's like, okay, we are 42-ish years. Raccoon City was 1998. We are like 42-ish yeah. years since like the Raccoon City incident. And we're still dealing with Umbrella and all these same problems. Like at some point, like, I, I don't know. I th- I think what it is, I think I think what it is, is to get a clean slate, um, because I think RE Seven. Okay, so when RE Seven came out, I really, I mean, I really enjoyed it. But a lot of people were like, hey, where's Leon? Where's Chris? Where's Jill? It's like they should yes. all be around. They should, yeah, they should all be around here. Like they, they're, they should be involved in this in some way. And they kind of throw Chris at the end, sort of thing. Um, but I think with this, it gives them a cleaner slate to answer that question. It's like they're just old now, so it's we can just please let us like abandon these characters. And this is the thing I was getting back to of like why I liked Ethan. Um, and this kind of goes along with the Chris stuff is like Ethan is so incompetent that it helps in the horror game aspect. While Chris is just like, he's a super soldier sort of thing. Like you just need a new cast because you just can't have like, I, I thought that scene with Chris was like really cool showing how powerful Chris was and like how yeah cool and awesome he was. You can't have that character be 
your main character in another Resident Evil game, in a horror game. Fair. Because he's too Fair. competent. So you just need, we need a new clean cast and we need people to stop asking us to keep bringing people back. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so we kill them all. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. In it's, the most yeah. boring way possible. Yeah, and I and I think they realize like I, I also think too with like six like it just kind of got out of hand and maybe they actually did give the send off to those characters there just nobody really liked those games I don't I don't know that I think could, they, I think they just true, got yeah. too messy <laughs> and there was like that could be true yeah the other the other thought that did pop into my brain too after I like started complaining about this and it keeps popping back in my brain like that'd be stupid is um Evelyn and Seven had that weird like ages fast thing so I was like oh what if this is really only two years in the future but oh it was just ages. funny that's kind of popped in my head a couple times too but then it's like okay like. But that gets back into your problem of, like, we're playing Resident Evil 9 as, like, super overly powered crazy bioweapon girl. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's totally fair. And that's why, that's why I don't know what they're going to do with that character. Um, uh, the only thing I didn't like about the post-credits scene is, like, that guard was, like, such a needless dick to her <laughs> for some reason. And I <laughs> He's kept... like, hey, Evelyn, remember the, that one superpower girl who killed your whole family, essentially? It's like, what? What's going Let's on? Let's bring that up. I, yeah. My... My issue with that dude is, like, because he's the only other one there, you're like, he has to be someone important. Yeah. Like, it's, I, they're going to, yeah. like, toss to him. They're going to be like, oh, shut up, Wesker. I thought, <laughs> like, I thought, I, oh, yeah. Dude, Wes. <laughs> or, like, or James Redfield or something. Something like, like that. Oh, yeah, this yeah. must be Chris's kid. Okay, like, Ethan and Chris's kids were coming together. That's where yeah. we're going next. They're going to work together. And it's just like, nope, he's just a dick who's here. <laughs> and he's just like, whatever, like. I'm just yeah. driving, and she's just like, I'm more powerful than you know. I was like, whatever. You ready to go home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was a weird scene. It did feel like they crammed it, like, it felt like they just kind of, like, crammed it a bunch of Resident Evil stuff right at the end. And I, I, I think yeah. that's part of it, too. I was like, eh, okay. I think they'll probably figure out who that guard guy was um, eventually at some point. <laughs> <laughs> go uh, back and, yeah, throw some throw some information there. Um, that kind of sums up everything. We didn't necessarily go line by line through the story, yeah. I don't think. Um, I, I, what's your only, fa- can we, yeah oh sorry keep going as i say the only thing that i want to say that like really stood out to me that i think like has kind of gotten overlooked because of all the weird stuff around lady d yeah. is heisenberg is like the coolest character in this game like i cage. love Heisen- he's like nicholas cage magneto <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so great and i love the just like weird crap that plays it's yeah. the one part of the factory i really like where they just he's just like weirdly like antagonizing you the whole way through yeah that opening scene where he's just like sit down and then like the <laughs> propeller dude's like sitting down screaming there and he's just like screaming at the propeller dude it's so good and then you get to the end with him and you do the big thing where he just turns into like some kind of crazy robot Mecha Heisenberg, transformer yeah. thing yeah and you're like the whole thing is just so good and he is without question my favorite character in this and i feel like they hit him a little bit from the marketing yeah. for, for good reason. He's towards the end of the game. Like you don't want to necessarily throw all of your cards on the table with a character like him, but he's so cool and is by yeah. far my favorite character in this game. I think, I think the one thing we, yeah, we, we didn't talk about too much at all. It's just the characters in this game are all like, so they're, they're all so cool in their own unique way. Like lady D and her, her daughter. So I like, I really liked her a lot. I thought she was like, she was pretty cool and how she acted towards Ethan. Everybody hates Ethan, which is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Heisenberg. Yeah. I totally agree. I did like, um, I liked that he hated Miranda, which was fun. Yes. Every, and <laughs> it seemed like everybody hated Miranda in their own way. Like Lady D didn't like her. Because, and I like that Heisenberg and Lady D didn't like each other. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it felt like the there was sibling like sibling rivalry almost. Yeah, yeah. It felt like there was like history to these characters. Um, I'm trying to think of like of the four I really liked. I really liked the fishmonger guy because I think the fishmonger guy is like kind of a dork 
kind of like a dorky <laughs> loser. And he yep. is, and like I just thought at some point he's like, actually, you will see my true power. But even when you see his true power, he's still kind of like a weird dork. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he never evolves past just like creepy, gooey monster. Yeah, yeah. And it, was, it was fun like having a creepy, gooey monster. And I really liked. I liked that the we didn't we didn't talk about it too much, but like the the pieces of like rose that you pick up you get that one like immediately from him you just like steal it from him (laughs) (laughs) he's walking like i'm and had ethan not had to say him stupid one-liner at him you could have just grabbed it and walked away and he's like grabbing he's like stupid ass (laughs) wait a minute what are you doing (laughs) don't do this to me and then and then ethan's like talking too much and then he gets trapped because he was talking too much like i just like how incom like i think a lot of people like ethan's so incompetent i was like yeah that's why he's so much fun to play as and that's why he gets all (laughs) these silly stupid situations because of Mm -hmm. that um i guess i guess uh what was your favorite part because i i have i have a very distinct favorite part of this game um i think i really like the opening i think it sets the tone really well i love the way the lichens are kind of slowly introduced to the town i think that works really really Mm -hmm. well um and then I, again, maybe it's like the, like, I like the actiony stupid Resident Evil, but the Chris part is just too good. <laughs> oh, Chris sure. Yeah. Just, I think, I think after having like so many hours of like, kind of like being careful about ammo and like making sure like I've got this and like kind of approaching situations a little slowly, it's like, nope, I got 600 bullets, a big old gun and let's do this. <laughs> sure. And it just, it was such a weird thing to put in the middle of this game that yeah. I loved it. And I had a smile on my face all the time I was playing that part. It's really cathartic on hardcore too because um, I don't know what they did with the difficulty or something, but it's extremely easy. So it's just like, Bleh! it's like the only that's, time in that game. <laughs> that's the same thing on normal. Like it's a step below, and I don't know if it's, I, I purposely bought Chris's guns for the second run through just to see if they were as overpowered, which they're not quite as much. But sure, because that was the same thing where it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even caring what I am. I don't care. It's just this is done. Like easy. Yeah, like some of your biggest guy and just like mowing him down. That yeah, that was yep. really fun. Um, I, I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was really cool. I think I think my favorite part, and I I don't want to get too much into it, is um going is the walk up to house, uh, Beneviento. I I didn't like the part that people were like, oh, that's super scary part. The part in the basement, I was like, I thought it was fine. Um, but I really really love the walk up because you've done so much crazy shit at this point in the game, and then it's just this really quiet walk up. And I was like, I don't know what this game is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read the concept art for the house? Uh, that like their original intention with the waterfall and that sort of thing. Or yeah, there was what, like she been like tossing. Yeah, you know that there was. I can't remember the exact thing, but it was like something like, oh yeah, she was just like hanging people off the waterfall, just tossing dead bodies over into the waterfall. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And like just seeing that, and that's like a really, it's a really striking image too. Of like when you actually come to the house, you see that giant waterfall, and you see like this like empty mm-hmm. house sort of thing. Um, I just remember the, when I, like the, the, my, my favorite, favorite, my absolute favorite part is you put the, <laughs> you have to give your memories. So you put the envelope, the, uh, the photo, the, f- the photo. Yep. Yeah. And then you open the door and I was like, okay, what sort of crazy shit is this house going to be? And it's a very normal looking house. And that scared the absolute shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> what's going to happen? What's <laughs> going to happen? And they just, they let it pause. Like the action just complete dead pauses. I think for like maybe an hour of the lead up to the house and then getting to the basement. But just that like walking around the house, knowing that there's some sort of evil doll aspect to this, but not knowing how it's going to show up was just so yeah. intense. And that was, it was my favorite part of the, my entire favorite of the game where nothing happened. And just walking around the house for the first time going, okay, what's, what's going to happen? Okay. Where's the what's corner right? that's going to turn where shit's going to happen. And like, they don't, they hold that, they hold that for so long. Um, it's, it's just so good. <laughs> well, 
because I mean, even because you even when you get to the basement, you kind of like realize there's some shit going on. It's still like, OK, yeah. do these couple little puzzle things like, yeah, there is so much tension there that it just feels so good. And like even like you don't really even relieve it because you're just playing a game of hide and seek to end that thing. Like, that's really all you're doing at the end yeah. is just playing a quick game of hide and seek. Like there's there's just this constant like just state of like something more is going to happen. Something more is going to happen something more is going to happen and they just hold it and not, and it doesn't like nothing yeah. really does happen. And it's, yeah. it is really well done. I think that house, um, I think just real will really stand out as one of the moments in this game that people will remember. And we'll talk about for a long time. Yeah. 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 It was just, it was just very cool. Yeah. Anyway, that is a lot of resident evil eight. Um, that is <laughs> sorry, resident evil village. Um, really good game. I really, really, really enjoyed my time with yeah. it. It's very rare that, a week later after I finish the game, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go back and play through that again. And I'm yeah. almost done with my second playthrough and it's, it's still good and great game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But we are workforce gaming. You can follow us on Twitter at workforce gaming or subscribe to us wherever you're listening and we will see you later. Bye.